0: The following program is brought to you in living color. I just don't understand what is wrong with you two. What is the joy that this stuff possibly brings you? It's just... It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's not fun. You two have demons you're trying to compensate for. Well, what about you? You're having a glass of wine. I'm not having a glass of wine. I'm having six. It's called a tasting and it's classy.
1: It's the Wine Crush, the show that's all about the grape. Now, here's the host of the Wine Crush, the woman selected best wine show host within earshot, Laura Lawson. You all know people like this. You may be people like
2: this. Welcome to the Wine Crush. I'm Laura Lawson, your favorite Chardonnay guzzling diva, and you are listening to the show that's all about the grape and all its glory, all the vine all the time, everything you ever wanted to know about wine and were afraid to ask. That's what we are here for. We are your media resource for everything about our growing on the vine. Happy to be there. Worse so than I am, little grape. We are off and rolling to get That was get a great money.
1: intro. It was so good. We sat through it twice.
2: We absolutely here in the, did. In
1: the in the in the studio.
2: Kent is having a rough day today, oh so everybody my. take it easy. Nobody blow up the phone. God forbid nobody punch a button or do anything to distract him. We just we're, need a um, squirrel running through the studio and that will be all she wrote for today's show.
1: I should mention we're taping this show on tax day.
2: Yes, we are. And is that is that why you're so distracted?
1: Maybe I think that's it. That's probably it. You know, I'm just I'm aware of the giant sucking sound of the government just sucking the money
2: <laughs> out of my
1: wallet. Just just <laughs> there it goes
2: did you actually remember yeah. to pay your taxes this year yeah okay I Pay
1: my taxes all the time i'm a good citizen of the united states
2: sure you are
1: i give them far more than they deserve
2: well i think all of us give them far more than they deserve you but you remember we, we are not trying to be political we are trying to be no. very politically no. correct on the show and one year we might actually achieve that that's goal, right at we least we for about actually 30 seconds be
1: able to do that sometime
2: until which point you are stuck with me i am laura lawson And today we have a fun show ahead of us. We've got some odds and ends, but we also have Mike Veseth from The Wine Economist and the author of The Wine Wars joining us. The Wine Wars. I have read the book. I enjoy it. You know, of course, it's coming from an economist. He does have a sense of humor. He is interesting. But I remember reading that and I thought, I live The Wine Wars every day. What could possibly be left to be said but shockingly, great book. Definitely worth checking out if you have not read it. It does give an interesting insight into the dark side of the business. Because as we say often, the wine business is a cruel and shallow money trench where pimps and thieves run free and weak men die like dogs. See, there's
1: the tie-in with the taxes right there. <laughs> there. Same thing. Same thing.
2: <laughs> At least we know where Kent's head is today. Okay. Uh, well, Something that Mike is going to be discussing with us. Is the new conventional wisdom about the US wine market. And ultimately, he's done a large amount of research to figure out that $9 is the magic price point on what people are gonna spend for wine. And I, you know, I think, I do believe this. Obviously, from an economic point of view, there's gonna be a lot of data and pivot charts and pivot tables that will tell us exactly why $9 is. But it's funny, you could take polls all across the country, different regions, different areas and discover what the sweet price point is, and it's always going to vary. But I find $9 to be interesting. Hmm. And, Kent, I know I'm going to regret this. Okay, ask me. What do you spend on wine?
1: Yeah, it's, it's funny I was going to jump in here and say that, because once you start getting over the $12 range, um, on, a, on, on most wines that I see in the grocery store, at you lose me. That's about the most... I want to spend to take wine to a party. Okay. Now, if I'm buying for me, if I'm buying for a special gift or a special someone, yeah, I, you know, $40, $50 bottle of wine might be nice. But But, if I'm just taking a bottle of wine to a party, you're not going to get me to spend much above the, uh, the, uh, 12 mark.
2: Now, see you, what, what you, what you do is that actually makes me happy because it's counterintuitive. I'm just glad
1: that that makes you happy.
2: Thank you. Something has to today. today. I, I just thought my headache couldn't get worse when I came <laughs> in the studio. I, I was sorely mistaken. Um, counterintuitive because people tend to do the opposite. If they're going to someone's house, they will spend the 40 or $50. But when they're home, they will stay in that 9 to $12 mm-hmm, range. Mm-hmm. It's all about the, the image and the perception. Uh, certainly I do appreciate people who will give the cheap stuff away and save the good stuff for themselves. But
1: when you take a bottle of wine to a party, do they know what you spent? Do they have any idea? I mean, your friends, Mike.
2: Um, Sometimes, uh, obviously. If I'm bringing wine to a party, and uh, it it happens. Again, we've already covered the fact that I don't cook. So I am always, you know, people will go down and run down. If they're they're having a a neighborhood get-together or a covered-dish party, that they don't even include me on a line. They just know that I'm going yeah. to bring the alcohol. Right. And generally, it just depends on what's around my house. It's not a matter of I'm going to spend this X amount. I'm going to do this. I'm going to pick this one because I'm trying to be impressive. I will gauge my wine decisions on who's going to be there in the sense that if I am going to party i have a party coming up where uh, one of my good friends is turning 65 years old he's been in the wine business as long as i have and i know what he likes Mm -hmm. and after being in the wine business as long as i have i know he has very very expensive taste so some of the bottles i'm going to bring are going to be around the hundred dollar mark but that is because i know that he enjoys them and i enjoy them and we enjoy them together on the same token uh this weekend i'm also going over to another party Uh, Someone is moving into their new house, and I know that it's generally people who don't drink a lot of wine that certainly don't consume it the way we do. And so I'll probably bring something like a La Crema Chardonnay, Kendall Jackson Chardonnay, something. And it's not about price. It's just I gear my wine choices on what I bring where based on the crowd I'm going to be around. Okay. There are those occasions. But those you
1: just mentioned, how much are they?
2: Uh, La Crema and KJ run 12 to $15, somewhere Mm -hmm. in there. It's a good range. And it, again, it's never about price. It's always about what are they going to like? And see, that's where I'm unique on these things. Having drunk and tasted and been familiar with so many different things, it makes a difference. Right. But it is interesting to find out what is your golden target? What is your sweet spot for everybody who's listening when it comes to wine? Not just for parties, not just for special occasions. God knows we all know how I feel about special occasion wines. But what do you spend day in and day out and i think that's interesting to look at there was a time obviously as we look back 3 4 years ago when we had we we were coming out of the recession we were kind of in the middle of the recession depending on what part of the country you were living in you know obviously you could get some really expensive wines discounted there were some great brands out there that had to move some old vintages not old but backed up vintages and they were dropping $30 wines down to $14 15 and up until that point, the average selling cost or what you were looking at at wines, people would spend 5 to $6. This was the height of the critter wines. It was height of the imports from Australia and Argentina. Also, when you look at it, it was also when the dollar was the weakest around the, around the world. So now we have actually, believe it or not, $9 is up from what people used to spend at home. And what's been fun is looking at the different theories as to why. Why people... Have started spending nine dollars as opposed as opposed to six, and why people are getting into it. So that that actually is going to be a topic of discussion for today. Um, and the question becomes, what do you really think about wine under nine dollars? Uh, there is a tidal wave of movement among the critics and some other people saying that well, anything under ten dollars is bad. I, I I personally disagree with that. I, I think I there's do too. some. I think there's some really good value wines. We are talking about a 750 milliliter. Let's go ahead and, and say that. We are talking about a standard bottle of wine. Please don't let's bring up half bottles. Let's not get box wine. Let's not get all that involved in it. We are talking about a standard bottle. I think there are some good value wines, whether you look at Chile, whether you look at Argentina, whether you say, I will say it, there's some good stuff starting to come back from Australia. There's definitely some good stuff from Spain. But I don't think everything under $10 is bad. So I want your opinion on it. Call us eight seven seven four crush one. Email me, of course. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, One Crush Radio, and let us know your thoughts there. Now I know a lot of people share this mentality as far as pricing. So I'm going to go ahead and get this out of the way, though. Now this is part of the argument. Before you call, before you write, you know, say, "Oh my God, I love Laura Lawson Chardonnay at six ninety nine a bottle." For the record, I would never be that cheap, but <coughs> anyway.
1: I'm sorry. Did did. I make a noise? I'm sorry.
2: Uh, At least you weren't choking. That's it. We'll get to that at some point. Keep behaving the way you're behaving. The people all hear strangle noises. Uh, About six weeks ago on a show, we were discussing what went into a bottle of wine as far as creating it. And we used a $50 bottle of wine as our baseline. And we went through the cost of grapes, the cost of winemaking, the bottles, the corks, the boxes, labels, such, marketing, all that kind of stuff. Here's what's interesting, using the percentages, and I think they're on the website somewhere if y'all want to check it out, for a $9 bottle of wine, when you look at bottles of wine, 7% is the cost of grapes and growing, 9% is the cost of winemaking, and 4% is the cost of the bottles, the corks, the boxes, and the labels. For a $9 bottle of wine, the total contents, and having made it, comes to $1.80. That's concerning. Mm-hmm. That is concerning. If you look at the standardized breakout on what exactly goes into a bottle of wine, now, granted, if you've owned your if you've owned your land for a long time, you don't owe any money on it. You dry farm. There's really not much cost other than the labor of pulling weeds and picking the actual grapes. If you, I don't know, if you don't manipulate the wine, you don't put any additives into it. You just have Mother Nature contributing. But I, I really do find it hard to believe in a $9 bottle of wine, you could even buy the bottle or the cork and put a label on it for $1.80. So it brings a whole lot of things into question and really puts things into perspective. Again, want to know what everyone out there thinks, call us 877-4crush1 or email me, Laura Lawson at winecrush.com. We're going to take a quick break right here, but we're going to take a little bit closer look at this price point and also give you an update on a couple stories from last week's show right after this.
1: For pictures, videos, show recaps and more, become a fan of Wine Crush Radio Group on Facebook.
3: tax laws can help you. Plus, right now we'll waive the consultation fee and give you our free tax savings report. Attention business owners, the self-employed and W2 workers. Make this free call to the Tax Doctor now and learn how to take advantage of the new tax laws that may help you pay the IRS less. 800-281-7048 800-281-7048 800-281-7048. That's 800-281-7048.
4: We also offer services including 3D modeling and animation demonstrating your idea, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to show InventHelp client ideas to additional companies. Join the thousands of people just like you who chose InventHelp to pursue their idea. We are experienced. We are working for you. We are InventHelp.
1: Call us for free information at 1-800-542-6751. 1-800-542-6751. 1-800-542-6751 this is the news this morning we are saluting the 2.2 million women who have joined in the war effort they now make up 37 percent of the workforce
0: changing their role forever the prestigious harvard medical school is breaking ground today opening its doors to new female applicants
1: today little girls all over the world look to the sky where the first woman is
5: now in space Military stereotypes are challenged today with the trailblazing promotion of a U.S. female officer to four-star general. It was just announced that the vast majority of last year's doctorate degrees were earned by women. We've come so far, but our news is changing for the
2: worse. More women die from heart disease and stroke than men, even though it can be prevented. Make a change at GoRedForWomen.org today. Brought to you by
5: the Ad Council and the American Heart Association's Go Red for Women.
4: Ranger Station. Ranger speaking. Yeah, hi. I'd like to report a bear sighting. Location. Uh, in the woods, just outside of town. Oh, not surprising. You've got your home. Bears have theirs. Yeah, but see, this wasn't just any bear. This bear was wearing jeans and a hat, as in a smoky bear. Jeans and a hat. That's definitely smoky. What exactly did he have to say? Well, we, we were about to head home, you know, after having a bonfire. Oh, I can guess where this is going. Right, right. See, Smokey told me the fire wasn't actually out. He said if it's too hot to touch, it's too hot to leave. That's true. Did you know that 9 out of 10 wildfire? wildfires are caused by humans, that means 9 out of 10 wildfires can be prevented. Wow, no kidding? I'm a forest ranger. We never kid. Sorry. <laughs> that, that was a joke. Oh. If you see someone in danger of starting a wildfire, step in and make a difference, because 9 out of 10 wildfires are caused by humans. Brought to you by Smoky Bear, the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Learn more at smokybear.com. Only you can prevent wildfires. Mm.
1: It's the Wine Crush.
2: Welcome back to The Crush. I'm Laura Lawson. As a whole, today on the show, we are discussing the bottle of wine and what price you would pay for it. But this is something I find fascinating that just came out. Now, we had Paul Roberts, Master Samier, on the show to discuss drinking the wine that they Pulled out from the Mary Celestia and how it tasted after spending time underwater. We have also done a couple of shows where we are working with winemakers and talking to winemakers who are aging their wine underwater. Now apparently this must have gotten Main Street because the TTB of the Alcohol, Tobacco, Tax and Trade Bureau has actually come out and made an announcement about the underwater aging of wine. Kent, you're going to love this. So we only have a couple of companies that are actually doing this. And of course, we're having a lot of novelty right now, pulling champagnes up from the bottom of the ocean and tasting them. But the FDA has advised the TTB, and I'm going to read this directly from the announcement, that aging wine in a way that bottle seals have contact with sea or ocean waters may render these wines adulterated under the FD&C Act and that they may have been held under unsanitary conditions whereby they may have become contaminated with filth or may have been rendered injurious to health. Now, this is by aging wine underwater. I was afraid of this. Okay, now wait. Now, it goes into the fact that uh, based on how many atmospheres, 10, 20, 30 atmospheres of pressure you're involving, that it can change all the way through. But it goes on to say how uh, the wine can be adulterated Examples of chemical contaminants found in sea or ocean waters include gasoline, oil, heavy metals, plastics, drug residues, pesticides, as well as various types of filth, including waste materials from biological sources, sludge, decaying organic matter, runoff from farms, and from sewage treatment plants, and bilge water from vessels.
1: Wow, just described my lunch. Yes.
2: All right, now think about uh, this this is all the stuff that they are saying that no you really can't age your wine underwater okay
1: okay and if i felt this was true i wouldn't do it
2: when's the last time you had an oyster Um, how about a mussel? how about a clam shrimp shrimp crab fish anything that comes from the sea
1: yeah but they're not down at you know deep deep depths
2: okay (laughs) It's a they're technical not, term, they, deep, they, deep down. They're you not what what I mean. down at deep, deep depths. Would you guess that they are under more than 30 feet well, of water? I don't know what kind of pressure. Well, I, uh, it does not probably matter. Probably so. Can't. Yeah, Bottom yeah, line is, yeah. it does not matter all the way around. Now, we are not We're we going to pass a ruling that's not going to let us age wine underwater, even if we wax seal the entire bottle, because it might come in contact with filth. But when's the last time you had a raw oyster?
1: I know. Well, I have not, I don't eat raw. Okay, but that's not the you.
2: point. Here it is. We're going to go ahead. We're going to make a decree. You were talking about the government earlier, going ahead and drawing a line. But, you know, if you want oysters with that sauterne, as long as that sauterne was not aged underwater, go for it.
1: All right, well, let me ask you this. This is
2: concerning to if, me. If
1: they brought up a bottle of wine from the Titanic, would you want some?
2: I... No, I mean.
1: And I, why not? And oh, why okay. not, Miss Lawson?
2: Paul Roberts nailed it perfectly when he said, I'd want the experience. I, I want the experience of being there. I'd love to see it opened. I would like to be part of that historical moment.
1: I would want to taste it, though.
2: I'm, yeah, I would put it to my nose. I would check it out. I would see it. it mm-hmm. But me not tasting it would have more to do with my palate than worried about getting ill, getting contaminated, or anything like that. You know, my girlfriend's, I have a running joke. When we open up bottles of wine, we're sampling or something else. Oh, my God, taste this. This is terrible. Uh-huh. And we do it to each other all the time. So it's it would be more of a fear of, my God, that tastes god awful, as opposed to I might get sick from it. So so there's no health reasons. It's not about filth. It's not about contamination. I just would imagine that it may not be good. But my nose could tell me that before it got to my mouth. My okay. nose would tell me whether or not I was tasting it or not. I'll buy that. But, but you're, I mean, you're missing the point. No, I'm not. We're I going to make a ruling that we can't age wine underwater. No,
1: no, not necessarily.
2: Because of filth. And just think about the amount of oysters, especially this time of year. As we start getting into it, think about it. April is the last month that you're allowed to eat oysters until September. And we're going to be concerned about it. Does anyone else, does, does this bother anybody else? Let me know, 877-4-CRUSH-1 or email me, Laura Lawson at winecrush.com. Uh, while we're at it, just other interesting tidbits since I have gotten off track from our $9 bottle of wine. Now, here we are actually going to true labeling laws, and uh, Diageo is the first that's going to do this. They are actually going to put alcohol by volume, fluid, ounces of alcohol, calories, carbohydrates, fat, and protein. Of course, they can't put ingredients if they've aged it underwater because it might have filth in it. But does this add or detract to you wanting to buy that bottle of beer or wine or anything else? Does knowing this information make a difference? Because I've got news for you. I guarantee you the cost of beer, wine, or something that's going to have this data on the back is going to go up. You have to have labs. You have to analyze it. You have to do it vintage to vintage. Mm -hmm. You probably have to do it batch to batch if you're looking at beer. So are you willing to pay more to know this? Are you going to add to your 9 dollars bottle cost to be able to know that that bottle of Guinness I just had has no fat, no carbohydrates, but has 96 calories? I find that fascinating. All right, just want to know what you think. Two little side announcements. But uh, we are getting ready to have Mike on the show. But I want you to be thinking as he comes on, what is your sweet spot for wine and why? Do you really believe that $10 and under is not worth drinking? Or is that just right in your wheelhouse and you think there's great values? Keep that in your mind while we sit back and get ready to discuss all the possible reasons and explanations why, in theory, the cost of wine is going up. We're going to take a break right here, and when we return, we will investigate the sweet spot for wine and have a little fun bantering back and forth.
5: So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find ridiculously low prices for you. Call SmartFares today and get the best price on your next flight, guaranteed. Also, save up to
3: 50% off business and first-class tickets. 800-989-0233. 800-989-0233. 800-989-0233. That's 800-989-0233.
1: Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by FeedThePig.org.
0: Well, I finally did it. My student loan is totally paid off. I can't believe it. I can't believe it either. I paid more than the minimum each month, and soon enough, it was gone. So you're just giving up? Giving up on what?
4: The life of luxury. the lottery were easy, everyone would do it.
1: When it comes to financial
5: stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. On the next episode of Recipes for Disaster. So, we've got our neighbor Paul coming over tonight for a barbecue, which is why I prepared a delicious lemon rosemary steak marinade from my special collection of old family recipes. That's when a sudden bout of food poisoning made it explicitly clear that profits weren't the only thing on the rise. Watch Recipes for Disaster at foodsafety.gov. You'll learn the right steps as Maria does everything wrong. Brought to you by the USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council.
2: Welcome back to The Crush. It is always fun to have someone on the show who is coming from, and so to speak, the outside of the industry. This isn't a person who gets their hands dirty, who's going to talk about the grapes or the dirt or the soil, but actually is going to get into the business of business, which is why it gives me great pleasure to introduce Mr. Mike Viseth of The Wine Economist and author of The Wine Wars. Mike, welcome to The Wine Crush.
6: It's a pleasure to be here, although I, I think you can get your hands dirty with money just as well as with dirt.
2: Be careful. There might be filth on that money. We couldn't have that now. And I, th- there are days I would much rather do that than be dirty. So that's a good thing. All right. Well, we have already, we, we, we aren't deliberately trying to steal your thunder here on The Crush, but we have been bantering back and forth ultimately about the article that you wrote about the new conventional wisdom about the U.S. wine market. And discussing the fact that it seems like the new sweet spot, the golden realm for wine, is the nine dollar bottle cost.
6: That's right, nine dollar and depending on who you ask. Uh, it, it, be... We covered that too. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, I, I wasn't privy to that discussion. No,
2: not so. hey, not from your point of view. Just the very fact that you could you could pull random strangers on the street can't like spend twelve to fourteen. I will spend upwards. You, any part of the country, my guess is that you're going to have different price parameters. So where does the $9 come from?
6: Oh, the $9, it comes from the empirical studies. Uh, if you look at the, the Nielsen Company, is one of the two big companies that, provide, that goes out and uh, acquires enormously detailed uh, information about what is selling and where at what price points, and so forth. And so uh, they don't publish uh, very much in terms of public data, but they supply the, the insider information uh, that guides what grocery stores and wine shops uh, use to make their decisions and what wineries and, and wholesalers and distributors use. And so, uh, Yes,
2: people if, live and die by Nielsen and IRI data.
6: Absolutely. Don't absolutely. care what's so, in the
2: bottle, what does the ink say?
6: That's right. And so, if you look uh, in the on the blog post on the columns, I said if we went back to 2008, 2009, when all the discussion was trading down and people uh, wanting to buy cheaper wines, and uh, they talked about the twenty dollar and up uh, category as the death, the dead zone. Uh, There's nothing moving there.
2: I remember those days, and there weren't.
6: And uh, if you, so it comes as a great surprise. But if you look at the Nielsen data for the last year, you find that in the, as they draw the lines, $9 and below, either stagnant or declining. It's a huge market segment, but it's not where the growth is. And if you look at $9 and above, um, and some people say $10 and some people say other things, but if you look at that area, all of the price segments in there are growing, and the fastest growing one is $20 and over. It's a real. it comes as a real surprise.
2: Well, I'm sure that's music to a lot of wineries' ears. But see, okay, this is imperial data. This is fact. All we have that, we don't have the why, we don't have the wherefore, we don't have the slant. But what do you think the motivating factor for that is?
6: Oh, well, as I, I wrote about it, I think that there's a, a tendency for people to want to say, well, it's this or it's that. And so, for example, one... One frequently uh, discussed idea is that it's the millennials, because we know (laughs) (laughs) from some of the research that millennials drink less wine than I did at their age, but they're willing to spend more for it. And so, certainly, to the extent that millennials have become more important in the wine industry, they would help account for that movement to the higher price levels. Uh, But the, the trick is that at this. They don't buy enough wine to have moved the whole market, and uh, and they certainly don't account for the stagnation at the uh, uh, at the lower price points. So they're part of what's happening, probably. Probably, and see, this is this
2: is what always is fun to me about the millennials. If you look at how people, what weight they put on the millennials, I'm going to go ahead and say it. If you look at it on paper, the millennials are the most boring generation ever because they're all about quality they're not about quantity and you're not going to find them over in the corner swigging out of a i don't know a brown paper bag so i mean they they must not be interesting that's the only thing i can figure out you're
6: saying you wouldn't want to party with millennials
2: well apparently they won't they'll have their one really expensive (laughs) drink and be done
6: yeah the other thing about millennials as you know in terms of wine is that they're not hung up on just wine they like wine but they like cocktails they like craft beers they like the ciders and so forth and so uh uh, you could say that they're fickle, but I want to just say that they're very open-minded. Since I have friends who are millennials, uh, a couple of uh, different authors that I cite in the column suggested another reason might be what uh, some, some have called the bad wine phenomenon.
2: Blake was on the show last week. It's okay. always fun to get his perceptive on things.
6: That's right. And, uh, and so, you know, Blake wrote a column that said, uh, uh, bad wines, uh, wines under $10 suck, should we care? And I, I think he said we really shouldn't. He but, did yep uh, and and maybe that 's true, although uh, i 'm not sure that all the all wines under ten dollars suck in uh, in the United Kingdom, uh, Tim Atkin, uh, who is an important wine critic there, has made kind of the the same point, but he has a better uh, maybe even a better logic because in in the United Kingdom, which is still one of the most important wine markets in the world uh, uh, the government in the u k has just tax the bejesus out of wine. Um, in order to hold the line on wine prices, the, uh, some of the, the big wine producers have had to really cut the amount they spend on wine and grapes for a given level. And so, uh, Well, they, said, don't,
2: they, they really don't have a choice between the tax level, between you look at import laws. Also, you, I mean, you have to face, even though with France right there, the fact they're ripping up vineyards, it's becoming more costly and less available over there.
6: It must be said that the U.K. supermarkets have trained their consumers to be stingy, to to look for low prices and deals. So they're resistant, as most producer, consumers are, to uh, paying more. And so quarters get cut and uh, they move away from it. So there was a period 10 or 15 years ago, uh, the two-buck chuck era, when a lot of inexpensive wines uh, dramatically increased in quality. We were all taken uh, by surprise that you could spend less and get a perfectly drinkable glass of wine. Uh, and it brought a lot of people into the wine market. So uh, I've been brought up to be sort of an optimist about less expensive wines. And maybe I've changed and maybe the wines have changed. But I think some of the less expensive wines now that are, say, California brands, but sourced from wherever in the world where they can get uh, decent wines at the price they want, I think maybe those are less interesting. So I think that uh, part of the stagnation at the lower price points is, in fact, people looking and finding that for the same price as an uninteresting bottle of global wine, they can get a, a pretty interesting craft beer. Hey, Mike, we
2: need to take a quick pause right here. When we have these few commercial announcements, I definitely want to get back on track, talk a little bit more about the price of wine and what you see coming in the next year. It's a deal. All right. Small break on The Crush and more of Mike Visith when we get back.
5: Follow host Laura Lawson on Twitter at Wine Crush Radio. This is The Wine Crush.
0: Do you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life? Are you thinking about it? What if we could promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? If you're paying $20 a pill for the other pills, you're getting taken to the cleaners. Call On-Call Pharmacy right now and save as much as $700. 800-884-7919. On-Call Pharmacy delivers the exact same results for less than $3. You'll save more than $16 a pill for the same results. And right now, radio callers will get 44 blue or yellow pills for $120 with free, discreet shipping. You can save more than $700 off pharmacy prices. Call on call pharmacy now and take advantage of this special offer. 800-884-7919. Charge your sex life now and save a ton of money. Call now and get your 44 pills and save over $700 and qualify for free shipping. Stop overpaying and call right now. 800-884-7919. 800-884-7919. 800-884-7919.
5: Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council.
2: Welcome back to The Wine Crush. I am Laura Lawson, and right now we are on the line with Mike from the wine economist and author of The Wine Wars. Mike, are you still with us? I'm still here. All right. So what we are debating and what we're discussing is the fact that, strangely enough, $9 seems to be the sweet spot for the consumer. And that actually is an increase from where we have seen in the past. Now, everybody is going to have their two cents worth as to why people are spending a little more on wine. Here's an overall question. When you look at what people are buying. Is this an indication of maybe we are having less volume? Is this actually we are drinking less but paying more for it? How is this average dictated? Is it straight sales?
6: Oh, this is yeah, the, uh, the price points are looking at the numbers. Certainly, it does suggest that the, uh, the overall wine market is growing but not growing very quickly. Uh, the fact that it's growing Makes us unusual in the world because I study the global wine markets. The U.S. and Canada are the only two large wine markets that are actually growing, but our market is only growing by by about three and a half percent. And it is the fact I think I think you can say that we are uh, drinking relatively less and but spend be willing to spend more for it as an overall proposition, uh, but within the context of a growing wine market.
2: All right. Now, now here's with I, I'm going to ask you to get out of your comfort zone and no one's going to hold this to you. No one's going to send you a letter and said, Mike, I did this because you said so. If you were looking at data such as this and you were a winemaker in Australia or Argentina or Chile or one of the value brands here in the United States and you knew that the average price point was creeping up, would this concern you? Think of our friends like Yellowtail and Barefoot and some of these people who have always been the two for ten kind of Product pursuers, oh. are you scared?
6: Well, actually, what I've see, uh, first of all, as I travel the world, everybody keeps a very close eye on the U.S. market, and everyone is looking for ways to try to take advantage of this. And so, this is uh, this above ten and above twelve, and then above twenty market is becoming increasingly competitive. And uh, here's the pattern that I've observed that the consumers within those markets aren't willing to pay more for the wine they've already been drinking uh, they uh, because they're very sensitive to price, even though uh, we see them paying more. What's happening is that they are paying more for different wines. Uh, and I see the wine companies understanding that and appreciating it. So that, for example, if Gallo, which owns the Barefoot brand, if Gallo wants to take advantage of this rising tide, they're not going to raise the price of Barefoot. They'll keep it where it's at and hold on to those customers and try to grow that market. What they will do and what they have done is to introduce new brands and new labels that are targeted to particular audiences in this upmarket segment. So new wines at new prices for the customers who are willing to pay more,
2: do you think that all the wineries will understand that business perspective, or do you think there's still going to be ten to twenty percent of them that says, "Oh, well, people are paying nine dollars. I'm going to raise my price, so it's nine dollars."
6: Yep. No, there always are always <laughs> are people who who uh, have a sort of a fantasy view of the market, but 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 I think as I look around, the the ones I think that are the most successful these days uh, in this are the ones who do this, which are, accounts in part for the the tremendous proliferation of brands. Uh, you know, we, uh, there was a study a couple of years ago that suggested that there were about 80,000 different wine brands on sale in the United States, somewhere in the United States. And uh, Louis Perdue and I exchanged uh, some uh, discussion back and forth, and we think it may be over 90,000 different brands now. And uh, a lot of those are very small wineries and imports and, and so forth. But um, a lot of the growth has been the growth in new brands, uh, custom-crafted, often with focus group input, to try to fill up market niches.
2: Mike, that's staggering. 90,000 brands. Now, now key key to our listeners, we keep uh, using the word brands. Oh, there are not ninety thousand wineries. Brand. They're just different oh, brands right. created by Custom Crush. Now, when you look, I mean, obviously, you have private label brands, whether it's for a total wine or for your local supermarket. That includes all of those. But ninety thousand brands to me is, is just to the no. point where you've made, no, you've made right. my Actually, mind froze.
6: It would be ninety thousand different wines, because um, one brand can have a cab and a okay. merlot, and so I misspoke on that. But okay. there's a tremendous number of brands too.
2: That, that actually just froze my brain. I need to stop actually playing with that number, otherwise we're not going to have a conversation.
6: But, well, but you work out there's, um, in North America, and mainly in the United States, there are about 9,000 wineries. So if, if each of them only had uh, uh, 10 different uh, varietals, uh, that would be 90,000. But, but those are just wineries, not brands. Uh, and then that's just North America. There's
2: also the world. so uh, that, that within itself is staggering. As, as we start drawing this to close, I do want to take this to a logical conclusion and a logical point. Obviously, we're in a situation where we're seeing people pay more for wines. We're also in a situation where we've had two back-to-back vintages here in the United States where there is an ocean of juice. Based on what you're saying and based on the price point, it seems like we are sitting pretty for the industry just to create a whole bunch of new exciting brands is that is that a absolutely good assumption Absolutely
6: right absolutely right there is plenty of, of wine available and ultimately it, it, to push prices even higher you have to have scarcity so it can be created scarcity because you make this this brand and you craft it in this very fine way but uh, in terms of the, uh, the 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 bulk of commercial quality wines it's there there isn't any scarcity we've got lots of wine Many other countries
2: do, too. There is an ocean out there. It'll be interesting to see whether this $9 price point holds for the next 18 months. Uh, If you were a wine investor, if you were going to go ahead and do anything right now as just a general consumer, knowing that the price of wine, in essence, is going up, what would be the advice you give my listeners to look at for paying for a cost of a bottle of wine, and what would you be investing in, so to say?
6: Oh, I'm... uh, i 'm a consumer of wine, I'm a little bit of a collector of wine, but I'm not an investor, so I, I can't give investment advice.
2: Maybe investing was the bad idea. If you were going to go to your local grocery store, would you stick with that nine dollar price point, or would you be willing to trade up? Would you oh, look at the eleven? Would you look at the twelves? Are there values in that higher level higher oh, ab- tier
6: wine? Absolutely no, in fact, if you look at my own behavior. I, have <laughs> I learned, hey, I,
2: I learned a long time ago. I certainly don't look at and judge my own behavior. I try not to do it <laughs> to other people.
6: But I I see that I'm that I see opportunities to uh, to try things at a higher price point at some higher price points, and uh, and so I'm doing that myself. Uh, I don't necessarily recommend that others do it, but uh, that's what I'm doing.
2: Do you think some of these higher price point wines are going to come, say, say I have a price point, I, I'm $11 wine, Laura Lawson is $11 Chardonnay, and I know the sweet spot is at 9 do you think I'm going to artificially reduce my price to that $9 sweet spot?
6: Uh, not necessarily, although, although you might, um, well of course, I mean, you're very knowledgeable about wines, uh, but some people are so focused on their, on their personal sweet spots that they don't try above, but they also don't try below, and uh, and I always encourage people to experiment.
2: Well, they have to. Well, Mike, we need to make this a tradition. You need to come on at the beginning of the year, every time we launch the Wine Crush, and you can say, okay, here's your spot this year. Here's what you need to be trying, and here's where you need to be going. Sounds good to me. All right. Well, Mike, thank you very much for being part of our crush. And, of course, uh, for those of you who enjoyed today's show, you can obviously find the link and find the article on WineCrush.com.
1: Need a wine recommendation for a party? Want Laura to address something on the show?
3: Email her at lauralawson at winecrush.com An adult elephant can weigh up to 6 tons. The average person, 150 pounds. Ever heard of carfentanil? It's a large wild animal tranquilizer. Illegal drug dealers lace heroin with it. It can kill the average human. If you or a loved one is addicted to opiates, even pain pills, don't wait until it's too late. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline now. We care. Many of us have been where you are. We'll take you or a loved one away from the drug environment to a place you can clean out safely. Plus, we'll work with your insurance company to make sure you get the treatment you need. And with a Family Medical Leave Act, you're allowed by law to get away for help without telling your employer why. Call now to save a life. 800 915 9734. 915 9734. That's 800 915 9734.
5: The IRS is the most feared agency in the world. You've heard ads from other companies offering to help taxpayers only if they owe over $10,000. Here at Platinum Tax Defenders, we're A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, and we're proud to be one of the only tax firms in the country who understands that people who owe less than $10,000 need help just as badly. The IRS doesn't care how much money you owe. They'll still garnish your wages and even seize your assets. So whether you owe just a few thousand dollars or hundreds of thousands, call now for your free tax consultation. If you qualify, we may even be able to reduce your tax debt down to a small fraction of what you owe. So don't wait until the IRS seizes your property and garnishes your wages. Call 800-856-1330 and get your tax problem resolved once and for all. That number again is 800-856-1330. 800-856-1330.
3: As I went through school, one giant question loomed over me. What did I want to be? But in order to know what I wanted to be, I had to first decide what I wanted to make. I wanted to make more. So I became a teacher. Now I make learning a privilege, not a chore. And frustration, a tool, not an obstacle. I make working hard seem easy. And giving up, impossible. I make an old subject feel like a fresh thought and unconventional methods common. I make material things less important, and little things, like patience and kindness, count. I make weekdays more exciting than weekends, and classrooms feel like anything but. I make things different, which is all I ever hoped for. I'm a teacher. I make more.
0: Find out
5: how you can make more at teach.org. Make more. Teach. Brought to you by Teach and the Ad Council.
2: Welcome back to The Wine Crush. I'm Laura Lawson. That was Mike Vseth. I think it's great to get that kind of perspective on a bottle of wine and the cost of things. And I do like hearing him say that it's a great time to experiment. It's a great time for everyone to get involved and to try those higher price points. But I am going to be honest with you. It's very rare that I go ahead and say I'm going to pull my crystal ball out, but I'm going to call it now. I'm going to make a prediction. I know we discussed the fact about, I asked him whether or not we're going to see wines drop to that $9 price point. Here's what I think is going to happen with the strengthening of the dollar. I think the fact that we've got some great wines at the $9 to $11 price point. I think we're going to have two sustained vintages back to back of absolutely great production. I think we're going to see wine prices drop. I think we're going to see that $20 to $30 segment decide it's going to start playing in the $10 to $15 segment. I think we are going to be sitting on one of the great wine drinking times where you can go back to getting these absolutely fantastic wines that you would have paid $30, $35 for two years ago. I think you're going to see them under $20, and I think we're going to have a lot of fun with that. Here on The Crush, as always, we're reminding you to sip socially, to drink responsibly, to drink what you like, not what you're told. But most importantly, in vino veritas, and wine, there's truth. I'm Laura Lawson, and I'll talk with you next week.